This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Chapter 2, go to verse number 42. I want to start a brand new series this morning. I want to talk for the next few weeks around the idea of what we believe. Uh, I had a, all of this comes out of conversation. It's amazing how much of our life stems out of conversation. Make sure that you're always having stimulating conversations, conversations that, that profit your soul and profit the direction of your life. And I was talking with someone recently, and uh, this person was telling me about some friends they have that don't believe in what we believe in. And so uh, through a number of, of a series of events, we were able to sit down and I was able to talk to them about what we believe and they were able to tell me what they believe. And after this, uh, it was an amazing conversation, by the way. And after this had happened, the person that I was talking to said, you know, she said, if, if Zoe were to ever have like classes on what we believe in, she said, I would attend. And it got me thinking about how many of us myself include, included, I still want to know what I believe. I'm still challenged in a, a shifting culture. If a, in a shifting society, I'm challenged to know what I believe in. Who do I believe in and what do I believe in? And it, do I really have a sound theology? Theology might be a big word. It's just it represents what you believe about God, your study about God. I want to spend the next five to six weeks talking together as our community about what we believe in. Remember, it's very hard to unlearn bad theology. It's very hard to unlearn a, a poor point of view of God. Maybe you've been raised in a church or maybe you've heard a preacher say things about God that when we talk about Jesus being loving and kind and gracious, you still struggle because you see God as harsh and cruel and mean. It's hard to unlearn bad theology. I want to help us as a community that we would come around an accurate view on who God is. We would come around an accurate view on who, who the Lord is, not just on Jesus. But today I want to talk about the Father God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. When we throw out the word God, a lot of people have all kinds of beliefs. But we're talking about the one and the only true God. Who is like the Lord our God? There's no God. In fact, even in Exodus, God would talk to, to, the, to the Israelites and he would say, don't have any God before me. There's a lot of gods out there, but there's no God like me. In the New Testament, when the church starts, the apostles brought all the church together and they would go from house to house in connect groups and they would just basically study their belief about God. Now understand, they did eat bread. It was not gluten-free. Thank you, Jesus. And they were breaking bread and meeting house to house. Watch how the church started here in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And they continued steadfastly. In the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers, then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them amongst all as anyone had need. 
So continually, daily, with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Let me just say this. One of the things the enemy will try and do in your life is divide your heart. So you have a heart that's for God and you have a heart that's for success and you don't know which one to put first, but a simple heart just says, it's God first, then it's my success. So God will always give you a simple heart. The Bible says what is required of you. So what is required of me? What is required of you is a pure and a simple devotion to Jesus. That's all that's really required of you. So they ate together. They had a glad heart. They were thankful and they had a simple heart. They were simple people. Never become complicated. Amen to that. It says, verse 47, they're praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. Go back up to the first verse, verse 42. And they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. They continued steadfast. They were, and they continually, they stayed steadfast in the doctrine of God. And when the church started, they were obsessed with making sure. And Paul would always write this. He would, in his letters in the New Testament, he would say, guys, there's all kinds of false teachers. There's all kinds of different doctrines. We got to make sure we keep our doctrine sound. We got to make sure we keep our theology right. Don't, don't be lured into a society that says this, that, and the other. No, stay the course. And they continue steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. Let's make sure as Zoe that we know what we believe and we know who we believe in. I want to preach the first installment of this series. You can write down the title today. It's called, I Believe in God. I believe in God. I want to pray and believe that God will come and he'll communicate to us and talk to us and encourage us as we gather this morning. God, thank you so much for your grace. Thank you that you are good, you are loving, you are kind. We remind our soul and our situation that you are so wonderful. You are so loving. Today we ask by the power of your presence that you would open up our eyes so we can see Jesus, open up our ears so we can hear the Holy Spirit. We thank you in advance for all the great things you're doing in our life and we declare that next year the Lakers will win the NBA championship in Jesus' name and everybody said together. Come on, Angelinos, put your hands together. Even if you don't agree with it, huh? I'm going to give you a few things to write down this morning. I want to teach this morning about God our Father. Write down number one. God is the creator. We believe this about God that Genesis chapter one says, in the beginning, God, God, God was before what he created. God created the, the heavens and the earth. He created the sun and the moon and the stars. God created, he created light. He created sound. He created man. He created woman. Thank you, Jesus. He created We just believe that God is the creator of all good things. Watch what Isaiah says here in Isaiah chapter 40 as it comes on the screen. Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth? He neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. God is, you ever ever go out and just look at creation? I'm from the state of Washington and where my mother and father raised us, we lived on an island. It's called Whidbey Island and, and it's beautiful. The, the, the scenery is uh, it's staggering and you look at the ocean and the trees and you, you, you get a vast view and when you, when you behold creation, 
it helps you believe in God more. God made all this. God did all this. He, he, you can't fathom how did he come up with it? How did he think of it? He painted all of this and God is into science. God, God created everything. He, he's the creator of the heavens and the earth. He's the created of all, creator of all animals. He created man. God said, I, I don't think man should live alone. He took from his rib and created a woman. Anybody believe today that God is first a creator? God creates things. In fact, we have been made to worship our creator. In Romans chapter one, it says what happened to man? Why did man get into such gross sin? Where did that come from? In Romans one, it says man started to worship creation and stop worshiping the creator. Man was not made to be worshiped. Man was not made to be adored and exalted that way. We were meant to worship the creator of the world. We were meant to worship our God, our creator. Come on, anybody believe today in a God that created, come on, everything. Anybody thankful today? The earth is the Lord's and all that is within it. He's a creator. Write down number two. God is our father. God is the father of the world. God, how can God, that's why I like the Bible, when the Bible says, who is like the Lord our God? Are you telling me that God is so huge, so massive, and yet God is still dad? I love this verse here in Romans chapter 8. Watch as it comes on the screen. Romans 8, uh, this is a powerful promise. For as many are, as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. We have many couples in our church that have just adopted new babies, adopted these new precious children, born into horrible circumstances, born into parents that were not ready because of their life experience and where they were, they were unfit to parent these children. And we have parents in our, in our own community that have adopted these children. Did you know that God adopted you? the spirit of adoption. And by the Holy Spirit, we, we cry out, Abba, Father. I love this about God. The Bible says in Psalm 27, when my father and my mother forsook me, the Lord received me. You might not have the best earthly parents in the world. Maybe you come from a broken home. Maybe you didn't have the best, best daddy in the world. I want to declare to you a better father. His name is God our Father. Come on, anybody thankful today for the spirit of adoption. He adopted us. He grafted us into his family. We cry out, he is our father. Watch what Psalm says about God. He said, it says that he is a father to the fatherless. A defender of the widows is God in his holy habitation. He, if you don't have a dad here on earth, you got a better dad in heaven. He is, he's a good, good father. That's what I love about Father's Day at Zoe. We're always going to sing that song. He's a good, good father. How could we have a Father's Day and not sing that song? He's a good father. He's a loving parent. He's a loving dad. He leans into your world. He listens to your cry. He's ready to rescue you where you're at. He's a good father. He adopted us. He, he came and rescued us. When everybody else forsook us, when your family abandoned you, when people hurt you, God, God said, I'll be your father. I'm thankful today. He didn't just create stuff, but he came close and he became my father. Somebody thank God today. 
How do you describe God? How do you, someone asked me, what do you preach on this week? God. Okay, cool, what part? God. (laughs) He is creator and he's father. He hangs stars and he listens to my, my whimper. How do you describe God? Recently, I went to a birthday party and the young man whose birthday party it was, he's becoming a close friend. But you ever go to someone's birthday party, you don't really know him that well, but you're just excited to get the invite? <laughs> so we went to the birthday party. He turned 21. I didn't realize it was just a small group of us, maybe 11 or 12 of us. And I, I forgot to read in the text that we were supposed to prepare 21 things to describe this young man. So it's 11, 12 of us. And so grandpa and grandma and mom and dad and sister and friends described this guy 21 different ways. The guy I brought, he wasn't prepared either, but off the cuff, he described 21 things. I said, wow, that's a talker. <laughs> 20, you know, by the end of it, I, I, listen, I didn't know him that well, but by the time everybody got done and they described this young man, I knew what he was like. I knew what type of character he had. I knew what he was into. Let me just describe God to you. Can I tell you what God is like? Write down number one. God is merciful. God is so full of mercy. Me and my son, every morning I drive my my four-year-old to school and we listen, the first song we listen to is called Not Today. Tell the devil no, not today. And the second song is Wonder. And the first song we were listening to it yesterday, we were headed to an event and I put on my song because I love listening to it with it. And and in the song, I never noticed it before, but in the song Not Today, it talked about how, uh, did the darkness cry mercy? And I heard my four-year-old sing the line, did the darkness cry mercy? And I, and I t- turned down a uh, teaching moment, turned down the, the music. I said, son, what does mercy mean to you? He's four. He looks at me, he goes, mercy? That's my cousin. He does have a cousin named Mercy. And so I explained to him, I said, no, no, son, you know, like when you're supposed to get a, a spanking? And he's like, you, you know you're supposed to get a spanking and you don't get a spanking even though you deserve punishment. I don't give you punishment. That's called mercy. And he said, I don't know where this came from. He goes, I'll punish myself, dad. And he starts grabbing his cheek like this. And I was like, no. Who taught you this? Another lesson. <laughs> God is merciful. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. As far as the east is from the west, he's removed the sin. He's removed the consequence. Anybody thankful today that God is a God? He's a merciful God. Because of the steadfast love of the Lord, we're not consumed in his wrath. His mercy is new every single morning. He's a merciful God. Write down number two. He's gracious. Oh, I love this about God. He's a gracious God. He's so just, he's full of grace. In fact, look at the definition. Grace represents the emotional experience that leads a person to help another person in a time of need. He's gracious to you. God doesn't see you in your circumstance and feel like, well, you sort it and I'll see, I'll see how you do. No, the graciousness means I want to help you in your time of need. He's gracious. Write down number three. He's slow to anger. You know what? You are so unlike God when you are explosive and quick to re- react. God is not that way. 
God is not a God that goes zero to 60. Oh, you really, you really made me mad now. You ever be with somebody and you say something and they go, you better duck, you better, lightning's about to strike, you better duck. Or you, you see somebody, they say something and they knock on wood real fast. As if, as if God is quick to react to your sin. God is so slow to anger. It takes a lot to get him going. He doesn't react to what you said and what you did and the season that you're in quickly. I, 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 I don't want to be a man that reacts quickly because it doesn't reflect a God that is slow to react. He's slow to anger. Write down the next one. He's abounding in loyal love. Oh, I love this one. He abounds in, in loyal love. Not just love, he's loyal. Remember, you know that saying, loyalty is royalty? God is, God is loyal. God, God is, he is, he's abounding in loyal love to your life. Watch this on the screen. Loyal love represents that which ties together family, friends, and associates. God's granting of success, answering prayer, and fulfilling his promises expresses such love and commitment. He, he's committed to you when you're not committed to yourself. He's abounding in loyalty when you don't have any loyalty to him. His loyalty to you, he, his, his love is an unconditional love. He, he doesn't love you more because you tie. He doesn't love you more because you're on the dream team. He doesn't love you more because you're going to the valley. He loves you more because you're his son. You're his daughter. He's already committed. Come on, anybody thankful today? He's a God of loyalty. He's loyal to your life. What is he abounding with? He's abounding. I love that. He's leaping towards you with loyalty of love. That's our God. Write down the next one. He's faithful. Ooh, I love this about God. God is faithful. Yes, he is. I like, I like when people can realize in their life how faithful God is. I am astounded. I am astonished. I am blown away about how faithful God has been to my life. Anybody else? Anybody just thankful that God is faithful? God is faithful to your family. God is faithful to your call. God is faithful to what, what he has in store for you. He is a faithful God. He is not, even when you are faithless, he remains faithful. I love this about God. A faithful God. A steadfast God. He is not immovable. He is, he is not shakable. He, he, he stays faithful just no matter what, what you're going through. God will be faithful to your finances. God will be faithful to listen to your prayer. God will be faithful. Write down the next one. He is faithful to forgive. He's a forgiving God. Watch this. For, forgiving refers to lifting or forgiving iniquity, transgression and sin. He, he, he lifts it. That iniquity, that transgression. Romans 8 says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Jesus. God loves you so much, he sent his son to forgive your sin. He made his son suffer a brutal death so you didn't have to face the consequences of sin. He made his son face the consequences of your sin. He's a God of forgiveness. He has, for, the question is rarely, does God forgive me? The question is, do you forgive yourself? Because God forgives you. He's a God of forgiveness. He is a creator. 
He is a father. How do you describe him? I would describe God the best way. He's merciful. He's gracious. He's abounding in loyal love. He is faithful. He's slow to anger. He's a forgiver. I love this about God. Anybody grateful for the God that we have and the God that we serve? Let me, let me just finish with, let me just give you five things I love about God. Five things, I love these things about God. These are just five very quick, simple things. I love this about God. Write down number one, God, God is personal. Oh, I love this about God. God is so personal. Hey, you, you ever see someone get something that's, is it monogrammed, is that right? Monogrammed, something personal? You know these sophisticated terms, I don't know anything about them. Mon, it's personalized. It's just for that person. It's not generalized. It's, God is personal to you. God is not out there in Africa or India. He's right here in the Wiltern. He, he's at your doorstep. He's, he's in your car with you. Anybody thankful today? God is a personal God. He's fully acquainted with your life today. He knows everything about you. He's a personal God. Recently, I was in Sacramento preaching at a conference, and this guy got up. And in church, uh, sometimes God will give the ability to, to, we call it a word of knowledge. The Holy Spirit talk to somebody about somebody in the crowd. And so this guy, he has this gift to talk to people in the crowd. And a, a, a term we could use is read their mail, right? So this guy's very good at it. He gets up and the pastor says, hey, this guy's got a gift. And Jesus had a gift, right, by the way. When Jesus sat with a woman at the well, he looked at her. And he didn't, she didn't know him, but he read her mail and said, hey, where's your husband? She's like, I don't have one. He's like, you're right. You've had six guys. He reads her mail. So this is a God ability. So this guy gets up and he has this gift and he says, there's somebody here that lives on glass slipper lane. I was like, dang, this guy's good right there. You, you know you're a prophet when you just call out glass slipper lane. Like if I got up, I would have been like, somebody here, your back hurts. Like just mad general. Raise your hand if your knee is hurting today. You know what I mean? This guy's like, Glass Slipper Lane, who are you? This lady raised her hand. She's like, I live on Glass Slipper Lane. I love that God is so personal. God knows where you live. God knows what you're dealing with. He's a personal God. He's a fully acquainted God. He's watching your life. He's paying attention to your prayers. God is personal. Write down the next one. God is powerful. Woo! Our God is a powerful God. We serve the only God that can split Red Seas. We serve the only God that can shut the mouths of lions. We serve the only God. You can go into a fiery furnace and not a hair of your head will be touched. Our God can raise the, de the dead. Our God can heal the sick. Our God can recovery, recover sight. Come on, is there anybody here today that believes in a God that has all the power and all the authority? The wind has to obey him. The waves have to obey him. Somebody praise God like you believe that he has all the power and the authority. God is a powerful God. God has all the, all the authority belongs to God. Demons have to flee when he comes. Mountains have to tremble. The earth has to bow down to him. God has all the power in the world. There's not a more powerful force than our God. God is above sickness. God is above cancer. God is above disease. God is above poverty. God is above racism. Is anybody here at Zoe convinced that our God is the most powerful God? He is almighty. There is no God like our God. He's a powerful God. Write down the next one. God is always present. 
He's always with you. He, he, Psalm 139 says, where can I go from your presence? Where can I flee? If I tried to go to hell, you are still there. Translation, I can't run or hide from you. You are just with me every step of the way. Even when you turn your back on God and tried to run away from him, he was still a present reality. God doesn't get more present when you get more present to him. He is still there waiting to talk to you, waiting to commune with you, waiting to encourage you. He is always present. I love that about God. He said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. You might feel today like you deserve for God to turn his back on you. God said, I'll always be present in your world. I'm a present God. Write down the next one, number four. God knows everything. He knows everything. This is very comforting to me because sometimes I can get frustrated and I look at what happened in Florida this last week. People say, where's God? And I'm comforted to know that God knows everything. And that God, we have to trust and believe God's going to speak to people and speak to leaders and heal our country and be active because he knows what's going on. He knows what's going on in our country. He knows what's going on in the world. And he knows what's going on inside of your home. I just love that about God. You know, when you pray and you come to God, you don't have to inform him about anything that's going on because he already knows what you need. I love that about God. He knows everything. And last thing I want to tell you today, write down number five. God understands everything that we go through. How does he do it? Hebrews says that we have this great high priest that sympathizes with us in our weaknesses. He, like he doesn't watch Florida and doesn't watch your world and go like, wow, that happened, feel bad. It's up to them. No, he he comes close and he sympathizes with us in our weaknesses. He knows everything that we're going through. I love this so much about our God because it helps me understand that, excuse me, when I'm going through my worst, God's planning his best. When I'm going through hard times, yesterday we got this call from a guy in our church and this wonderful story, this dad that's been coming to our church for the last three Sundays. A dad that's dealt with a lot of pain and a lot of brokenness and been in and out of addiction his whole life. And his son is new to faith. His son's really just fallen in love with Jesus. Three weeks ago, he goes, I got my dad to come, man. My dad's gonna come to church. So excited, save us some seats, please. I'm so excited. My dad, you know, we've talked many hours about his dad and what's going on and the way he was brought up and his dad's failures and how much pain this dad has caused the family. And his dad came on a 6 p.m. service three weeks ago, went through the whole service, raised his hand at the end, cried his eyes out, said yes to Jesus. Afterwards, we hugged. He was like, that's the best thing I've ever gone to. Next Sunday, he comes back again. He's like, dude, this is my, I love Zoe. It's my favorite place. Comes that Sunday, goes to Connect Group, loves his Connect Group. 
is in love with Connect Group. In fact, comes back the next Sunday to the 1245 service because he's in Pete Duvall's Connect Group and he loves Peter Duvall. So now he's there three weeks in a row. He's, he's in love with Jesus. He's free. He's found home. He's found community. And his son calls me yesterday on the phone. He says, no, my dad just passed away. My dad just, no. And I can hear the pain and the sorrow and the regret and it's, un, it's overwhelming him. And all I have to, to remind myself is God knows everything we're going through. And when I prayed with this young man yesterday, I said, we have to know God was setting him up three weeks ago. God was getting, he wasn't, he wasn't going to last much longer. And so there was an urgency. There was a sense of desperation. Come on, if he's ending his life, what a way to end his life. Because he spent his last three weeks in the house of God, celebrating salvation, knowing that God is good, knowing that Jesus is for him. I have to believe that he's in a better place now. He doesn't have to deal with addiction no more. He doesn't have to deal with shame. Come on, church. Do you believe in a greater place? Do you believe in a place called heaven? Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.